This is John Doe Found, helping the lost to find themselves in Christ and keep the found from losing themselves in this world. Before we go into what the opposite of love is, I think we should define love. There are many types of love. We say that we love pizza or going outside, but then we also say we love God or a significant other. We say we love our friends and we say that we love TV. Clearly, there are many different types of love. The Greek language made it easy to differentiate between love, but the difference between English and Greek caused us to miss these different words. There are four types of love described in the Bible. The first is eros, a romantic type of love. This is the love you feel towards your significant other. The second is storge, the love that you feel towards your family. The third is philia, brotherly love. This is the love you feel in a close friendship. Philia is used in the name of a very well-known city, Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. Finally, there's agape, the love that God has for us. Today, we will only be focusing on the last of these. 1 Corinthians 13, 4-7 states, Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. This is only a partial description of God's love for us. 1 John 4.18 adds to this description. It states, Such love has no fear, because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced His perfect love. But the issue is that love is confusing. How do we determine between love and some other emotion? First we pray and look into scripture and I found a verse that I hope can help answer your question. 1 John 3, 16 through 17 states, We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? God's agape love has compassion for others. The next verse I found gives us an example of God's love for us. Hosea 3.1 says, Then the Lord said to me, Go and love your wife again, even though she commits adultery with another lover. This will illustrate that the Lord still loves Israel, even though the people have turned to other gods and love to worship them. Hosea is a lesser-known prophet in the Old Testament that God uses to tell the people of Israel that despite betraying his love uncountable times, he still loves them unconditionally. Now that we've established what love is, where to find it, and what it looks like, I think we should tie it all together. The common denominator in all these references is that love is taking action. If you look back on these verses, you realize that they all have the same format. Because of God's love, God did this. Even though it doesn't say those exact words, it's the same message over and over. I'll give you another example. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Emphasis on God loved, so he gave his Son the ultimate sacrifice. This love, this agape love, is unconditional and unfailing as shown in the next two verses, which are Romans 8.38-39 and 1 Corinthians 13.7. Romans 8.38-39 states, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Jesus Christ our Lord. That's amazing. Absolutely amazing. 
Once we are in God's family, nothing, not even death, can separate us from God's love. That's insane. Think about it for a second. Nothing, nothing can separate you from God's love. Whatever you did, whatever the consequences were, you are loved by God. 1 Corinthians 13, 7 states, Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. God's love is unfailing. But the word unfailing implies that something can fail. The only way for something to fail is if it had a task to fail at in the first place. Now you may be thinking that unfailing love and failing love are opposites, but that's simply not true. Imagine two runners. One of them is fast while the other is slow. The slow runner stumbles all the time while the fast one seems to fly. Fast and slow may be opposites, but in this sense, they both describe the same word. Runner. Something that runs. Just because one runner is better at running than a different runner, that doesn't mean that they're opposites. Actually, they're quite similar. They both run. The opposite of running is sitting down, not being bad at it. The same is with music. The opposite of listening to music is not listening to some noise. It isn't listening to a conversation or a garbage truck. It's silence. Just like music and running, love is not the opposite of hate. Love and hate are both very passionate, but in very different ways. This is why there is such a fine line between love and hate. It's because they aren't as different as we think. The Bible says that God hates sin, yet he loves us, a creation ingrained with a sinful desire. How can he both love us and hate something we're born with, unless his love has a plan? Romans 5, 6-8 states that plan and shows God's unfailing love. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. You see, the opposite of love is not hate. It's doing nothing. That's why God even created us, along with the whole universe. Because God is love. 1 John 4.8 states, Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. As we have already established, doing nothing is the opposite of agape love, and God is agape love. Doing nothing is a decision. A decision that I hope you realize is not for love. Before God created the heavens and the earth, there was nothing but God. Living in nothing went against the agape love the Bible describes. And since we know that God never changes, God has always been love. Love is taking action even when it's hard, even when we don't want to, even if we know it will hurt. So God took love-fueled action, despite knowing what would happen when he did. Sometimes though, taking action isn't fueled by love. Unlike God, we more often than not have other motives for taking action. We take action because we're afraid, because we feel hate, because we're greedy, because we have a sinful nature. So how is it different when we take action with love? Love is action with compassion, with kindness, and with understanding. The mere act of creation shows God's abounding love being expressed. It was one of the biggest expressions of love that we can even fathom. This act is only second to God sending His only begotten Son to save us from our sins. I will again mention Romans 5, 6-8. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed His great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. 
God didn't wait for us to get our acts together before sending his son. He didn't say, I'm going to wait till you're a little better to send my son. No, he sent his son regardless, knowing that he would be tortured and killed. Ancient Rome was not some pure place. It was filled with false gods, prostitutes, and they even played a game where they forced men to kill each other for sport. Yet this is the place that God sent his son. He took action because he loves us unconditionally in an unfailing way. You would think that he would hate us. A people who betrays his love, neglects his creation, and takes his sacrifice for granted. Yet he still chases and loves us, each and every one. He loves all of us, including you. Knowing this and that God is love, we can better understand the fruit of the Spirit. Every fruit of the Spirit is referred to both directly and indirectly in 1 Corinthians 13, 4-7. The fruit of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, which is from Galatians 5, 22-23. 1 Corinthians 13, 4-7 states, Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. As you can see, love is everything that God gives us in the fruit of the Spirit. Joy is mentioned when the verse says, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Emphasis on rejoice. Peace is mentioned when it says, it is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. Irritation is one of the roots of conflict along with long-held grudges. Patience and kindness are mentioned directly when it says, Love is patient and kind. Goodness is mentioned when it states, But rejoices whenever truth wins out. A good thing. Faithfulness is mentioned directly when it says, Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Gentleness is mentioned indirectly when the verse says, Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude all of which go against a gentle and humble nature. Self-control is mentioned when it says, it does not demand its own way. God does all of these things for us and wants to give them to us because they're Him. Will you return and accept His unfailing, unconditional agape love? If your answer is yes, not your friend's answer, but yours, and you want to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, repeat the following prayer with me. Dear God, I am a sinner, and I can't even come close to earning my way to you. Thank you for sending your Son to not only die for me and forgive me of my sins, but also to give me the opportunity to live with you eternally and fill me with your agape love. Thank you for your ultimate sacrifice, Lord. I accept your spiritual gift of grace through your Son, Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. I ask you for forgiveness for all my sins. Thank you for your unfailing love and the love that you offer to all who believe in you. I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit and give me discernment in all things. I pray that you destroy any pride within me that prevents me from becoming the person you want me to be or that affects my relationship with you. Remind me to avoid complacency and always pursue you and the love you offer. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer today and meant it, welcome to the family. Life isn't promised to be easy as a Christian, but God will be there filling my life and yours with his love, and that's enough.